first walked in, I'm like, man, it's Leonard Williams. Like, he a beast. He from USC. I'm just, I just get props from props dude, basically. But yeah, I was being a little fan, and we just worked out together and stuff like that. When I get to meet people, I be like, man, it's dope. Like, I met Le'Veon Bell yesterday. And I'm like, whoa, like this lady on there, like the first, the number one running back in the NFL, like it's just crazy. So, I just, but I know I'm one of the people too, though. So it's like, <laughs> so, but I don't really look at it like that, though. So I met Sam Donald, that's crazy. Like, like, bro, you Sam Donald, Jamal Adams, I'm like, bro, you, I got Jamal Adams on my ultimate team. So it was like, that's crazy. Quentin Williams playing a little Madden. He's got Jamal Adams on his ultimate team. We'll have Quentin Williams on his ultimate team pretty soon. I love Quentin Williams. Yeah, he couldn't be happier guy. He's happy, and he's starstruck by his teammates. And I'm sure this happens all the time. When DK Metcalf got a call from Russell Wilson after he was drafted, he was like, oh, geez, well, I can't be a fan anymore. I'm a teammate. But a lot of these guys have to go through that, especially if they play Madden and they've, they've grown up seeing these guys, watching them play, playing with their figure right. in Madden, it's got to be a strange adjustment. I, I I grew up around it, and it was a strange adjustment. I mean, I grew up in a locker room with Phil Sims and Lawrence Taylor and Bill Parcells, and I can tell you that even as I got in the NFL, I was starstruck, especially on the Buccaneers team. You know, you know, I, we talked about it a little on the TV show today. Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks, Rondé Barber, John Lynch. Gosh, I walked into a huddle. I had a call play in front of Keyshawn Johnson and Keenan McCarthy. I was literally like, oh my gosh, I'm telling a play to Keyshawn Johnson as I was saying the play out loud and forgetting what I was supposed to do. So we're fans too. Players are fans. And it is a dream come true to finally be able to play in the NFL. Um, And Warren Sapp gave me my favorite moment, as you know, when he told me to can I swear on PFTO? No, 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 not what you're going to say. Really? I know what you're going to say. You're going to drop an F bomb. No, of course I was. I was going to drop an F bomb. You walked up to him. To shake his hand. Chuck out his hand and he said, get the F out of my face. Don't even talk to me until you play the game here. <laughs> well, but but that War- Warren Sapp has always had that Jekyll and Hyde yes. streak to him. Right. Now, maybe it was deliberate and calculated. I think it you. was, yes. But but with, with Warren Sapp, you never know what you're going to get. And he'll text you. And sometimes it's, hey, hey, that was a great point you made. And sometimes it's like, what the hell is wrong with you? And, yeah, he can be very hostile, and he can also be very charming. He, he can, yes. But in, in this case, it was all about football, and it's about contributing to a team. And, you know, I hadn't earned my stripes yet to be able to, you know, uh, I guess say a lot in the locker room. And he was letting me know that, and that's okay. And, you know, then it became I became his rookie haze, which was a good thing. Again, I mean, it was not like he taped me up to the goalpost, but he kind of took me under his wing, taught me some tough lessons lessons here here and there but I always had to have a can of skull on me at all times throughout my whole rookie year because if if big sap you know snapped his hands and threw up his hand and knew I had to throw a green skull at him you know I had to carry his bags to the room on away games and he sometimes would throw a 20 on the floor like I was you know too proud to pick it up and I would pick it up every time <laughs> it's a 20 what are you exactly to do? right <laughs> who could walk through the door right now currently connected to the NFL player coach oh. GM owner whoever and you would be awestruck dumbstruck and you couldn't you couldn't get a sense well this is a guy that i've really never got to meet other than about 30 seconds it's aaron Rodgers. i mean it's that's him i know that's the obvious answer for me but i don't really know aaron Rodgers. so uh i would love to be able to yeah i would not only do i love him as a football player but i never really got to have a an in-depth conversation or get to know the but guy that doesn't at all. mean you would be unable to speak well i think he'd still be the guy i'd be most excited to meet him or be around maybe odell beckham jr he's in the NFL. younger than you i don't care it's still awesome and they're great players and I you know just like Aaron Rodgers last year he threw it he scrambled out to the right in the Seattle game right he threw the bomb down the field 
almost immediately you sent a text. I loathe him to the group. Remember that? You remember that? Because he's, there's something magical about his play. Oh, yes. you mean it was during a game? During the game. Yeah. The Seattle Seahawks, when he bombed that one, yeah. remember? And we were like, I don't know. He threw it with conviction. Yeah. It looks like yeah. something's going to because there's something electric about his game, and yeah, it would be cool to meet him. Yeah, what well, we both knew when he threw that ball. That, we were both that's, that's sad. That things, looks good. One of the things yeah. I love about watching football on TV, yeah, is you'll have that shot where they throw the ball and you have no idea who's there. But right, sometimes right. when the guy lets go of it, you know he's got something. Yeah, yeah. No matter what the screen shows, he's got something. Yeah, it's something like with the the way they throw it. There's a confidence yeah. about it where you go, oh, there's something there. Um, but so, who's your guy? Belichick. Belichick. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, I feel like he would walk in, he would see right into my soul, recognize <laughs> that I'm a fraud, and, and, and I would try to say something, and, and it would be a, it would, he wouldn't even have to say anything. It would just be a, <laughs> yeah, and, I, and, and like, you know, I'm the tough guy that's been saying for years, hey, Bill, if you don't like dealing with the media, go, go, uh, right. go coach high school lacrosse, yeah. and you won't have to deal with the media, and, and you'll be paid accordingly. And, you're gonna and I'd be that tail. guy who's like, yeah, I'm ready to, I'm ready to go toe to toe with Bill Belichick, right. and I'd like crawl under the desk. Whatever you say, coach, sure. Yeah. Sure. sure. Do you want a coffee? <laughs> I won't spit in it. I really won't. I'll spit yeah. my own. Do you want me to spit my own? I'll spit my own. Hey, I won't I, spit in yours. I've been around him a lot, and I th I still think I'd be pretty starstruck with Belichick being around too. But you know, no player, no player jumps no out. No player to you? for me. No, none. No current player. Not even a four. I mean, because we. I. I that's why I'm surprised with you. I've Fran? been around it enough now. No, I just say shake his hand. Hey, Fran, how yeah. are you? I just feel like we've been around it long enough now that 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 part of it that would be debilitating fear is gone. Yeah. No owner would do it to me. Uh, and, and and the only, I, I just think Belichick. Belichick is the one that I would be scared so of. So who's your one in all life, though? I mean, like, is Gene Simmons? Who's who's your guy? Who's, no. Who's a star that you would go, damn, I might stammer over some words and bumble my, you know, my English language because I'm nervous to meet this person? I would have to say any former living president okay. would probably do that to Any me. former living president. Yeah. Okay. And let's just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> you know I want to go more into that. No. Former <laughs> living president. Former living president. Now, I would definitely be listen if I were ever visited by the ghost of a dead former president I would probably be you know very tongue-tied that would probably be a, a delicate situation but former I'll go with former living US president okay. so that would be Jimmy Carter Bill Clinton George W Bush and Barack Obama yep okay yeah any good of list. those good but list. only those good list okay all right uh next up uh before we get ourselves in any more <coughs> trouble than we're already in Gerald McCoy you raised a great point on the way to break, and I poo-pooed it on the way to break, in yep. part because I didn't have time to deal with it. But what if the Buccaneers could pull off a trade where they pay part of the Gerald McCoy $13 million salary to facilitate a trade and get a draft pick back? Now, my first thought is that doesn't work because none of it's guaranteed. Yeah. But maybe it's worth it to them to pick up a couple million to buy a draft pick. Yeah, right. If you can if you can get the if a guy you're going to cut anyway. Yeah. If you can pay a couple million of his salary, the new team pays four or five million. Right. They're happy with that, and they've given up a seventh round pick or a sixth round pick. Maybe that's something you can do. I, all I know is if I'm the other team, it's like I'll just wait for you to cut him. Yeah, sure. And, you know, but 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 we but saw the Dolphins pull about... that off with multiple multiple players right. this offseason. Yeah, we saw them. Uh, we saw right to Robert Quinn to Dallas Cowboys. Right, they did and with Cameron Ryan Tannehill. Can oh yeah, and uh, you're right. It was Ryan Tannehill. You're right. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. And and they swung those out to be what one of them at least to a second round pick, uh, to where I would think you could get something at least middle rounds for a guy like Gerald McCoy, maybe if not better. I think this is to me it would make a lot of sense. I guess this is the big thing is guys like Jason Light who probably look at a 
and go, this is a big year for my career. He probably wants somebody that's going to contribute to his team right now if he was to trade away a Gerald McCoy. Where it might not be in the thinking of like the Miami Dolphins, who know they have years and years to come here to build their team to where they're not in the rush to you know be or perform at a high level this year. Uh, so that's where I guess I'm just flushing this out as but, we talk, but, but, too. But, but think it of it this sense, way. Right. Think of it this way. If you're trying to build a case to save your job, yep. right, you can go in and get a guy who ostensibly is going to help you this year and doesn't, or you could get an extra draft pick and you can hold that up in the air and say, hey, look, Glazers, look don't did. fire me. Sure. I, 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 got, I got a guy we were going to cut. Right. I flipped that and we bought a draft pick and it cost us two million bucks and we got a fifth round pick out or whatever the case may be. Does the JPP factor f- get into this conversation now with the fact that he might not be able to play? Are they now going to have to reevaluate their defensive line? I know they don't play the same position. You know, JPP's a DN, McCoy's a D tackle, but it's still the overall talent level of the defensive line. Are you going to really gonna go, man, JPP sounds like he's going to be out for at least half the year, really. And then, okay, McCoy, uh, he's going to be gone. Wow. I mean, that's those. there's some big losses along your defensive front. Can, can you stomach those? Yeah, I, I think a lot of it depends upon whether or not McCoy would insist on $13 million. Part of this may be just getting him to, to come to terms with the idea that he's not getting $13 million. You know, at, at, at some point, maybe you let him shop himself in a trade and see what another team would pay him, and maybe at the end of the day, the Buccaneers would pay him more than another team will. You know, that, that does happen from time to time. The Buccaneers don't want to pay 13, but maybe they'd pay six when someone else will pay five. Right. Especially if the team that has to pay five has to give up a draft pick to get him. Yeah. So that's another possibility yep. as well. We, we mentioned the Dolphins during that conversation. And during the show, we talked about the decision to sign running back Mark Walton. Fourth round pick of the Bengals in 2018. Didn't contribute much last year. Not a high-end talent. Not like a Joe Mixon type of a figure. Cut by the Bengals after three off-season arrests. The Dolphins give him a tryout. They signed him to the 90-man roster. Here's what I'm struggling with. Yeah. Look, sure. we, we, three arrests are three arrests. Right. And I'd like to think at a certain point, wrong place, wrong time goes out the window. You start making sure you're in the right place all the time, and you never get yourself in a spot where you can be accused of anything wrong. Second chances typically go to guys who are highly talented. The yeah. Dolphins apparently see enough in Mark Walton to justify a second chance. What do we see in – I mean, what's Mark – I mean, what's he done to justify a second chance? Like, there's plenty of running backs out there. Why are you rolling the dice on a guy who there's no reason to believe he's going to be a great player? And maybe maybe we're missing something. And I think that's the message. The Dolphins must see something I, the rest of us are missing because why else would you put yourself in this position where you're giving a second chance to a guy that, that is fungible? No, I, I think that's exactly what it is. They see a player here that's uh, they probably had their eye on. First of all, that's where I make the first connection. You know, I do think – you know, and again, this happens in the NFL. Teams have greater awareness and greater connections with the colleges that are closer to, you know, their prospective cities. And the Miami Dolphins, of course, are right down the road from the University of Miami. Uh, I would think they're very well connected to that school down there and all the people that are around the football program uh, with the Hurricanes to where, yeah, they feel like they know the player. That's probably one reason they're taking a little bit of a chance here and just dealing with the bad PR. The other thing is I think they do look at it and go, yeah, this guy has a chance to be star running back type material he does I mean hey we talk about it all the time as a fourth round pick uh, he had a little bit of an underwhelming combine I think that made him fall to that level too to where uh, I think that hurt him but hey we saw Kareem Hunt get drafted in the fourth round a few years ago lead the NFL in rushing third but close you know, third okay but Jordan so right. yeah but then Jordan Howard that same year he was second in the league in rushing and he was a sixth round pick so fourth. yeah well he was a fourth so I'm all confused in my numbers right. either way you got my point there um, so yeah they're taking a flyer on a guy and 
I said this during the I, listen. I'm never for breaking the law, okay? Breaking the law, you know. Breaking but the law. I think some of these issues breaking and some the of the law. arrests he's breaking had, the they maybe feel better that they can deal with, you know, uh, what he did wrong to get arrested. You know, so uh, that's where I make the logic of it. I know Brian Flores. I know what kind of guy he is. I don't think he would sign a guy that's just like a total bad apple, bad person, total malice in his eyes, and just done bad, bad things. I think this case, this is a case where this is a young, a young young man who made some immature mistakes not necessarily mean malice like trying to scam the world type mistakes by the way we'll split the difference yeah. on jordan howard he's a fifth round he was a fifth round okay fifth round. good good uh but i was i went four and you went six so yeah. price is right i'd win you right? went yeah, was yeah. well no you oh, went no, you went under it went over you don't you i win i, I kept it under shut up yes All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh but but again they, they that must be that's the takeaway here now yeah. that we've talked it through they see something in Mark Walton I think so. that maybe the rest of us don't. Yes. And they're expe- they wouldn't be doing this if they didn't think he's going to make it to the 53-man roster right. and he's going to contribute to the team. This right. isn't just we're going to take a flyer on a guy who's been arrested three times. No, I, d- I don't think it is that either. And I think because of the arrest, and again, I'm not saying any of them are good, I don't think they're the most egregious uh, things we've ever seen in the world, and especially maybe Felony in the world charges for concealed weapons. And I understand. Wait, yeah, how many directions weapon, that can go? I understand. I understand. You know there can I mean? be abuse. Hey, yeah. one thing we're learning from the Robert Kraft case there's plenty of police abuse right what is what is concealed weapon like explain it to me like i mean did he not have it concealed in the I proper holder i don't, I don't right i don't is I don't, it loose in the thing. back of his car that's so that's what i mean i don't take a gun outside of the house so i don't know what the laws or limits are on what is and what isn't permissible gotcha you. you have it for home defense under the you know the thing that never happens but you want to be ready just in case right but you don't take it out i, I would have no reason yeah, to take me, it out of the house I, I'd, I'd like to don't rob florio's house he has a gun okay well everybody i live in west virginia everybody's got <laughs> i know they do. but but no there's no reason right. if you need if you i, I look at it this way and, and th- i don't know people are going to view this as a political comment if you need to carry a gun out in public you should move, <laughs> right? Move to a place where you don't feel compelled. I to certainly carry a gun don't in public. Don't see the need of it. Yes. All right. Unless you just want to come off as a hard ass cowboy, which I think a lot of the people who wear who will carry right. a gun in public just want to do. I've it's, I've it's walked around the roughest device, parts of New York City, right? the Bronx, or Brooklyn, and never felt inclined like, oh gosh, I got to have a gun on my hip no. here to feel safe. So no, I, I think that it's an intimidation device, uh, and uh, a lot of people do it for that purpose and that purpose only. All right. Yeah. Before we before we alienate any more of the audience. No word on who will be the Hard Knocks team for 2019. Mm. Peter King points out that the league's planning for its 100th season celebration has slowed the process down, but there are no volunteers yet. And sometimes teams do volunteer. And sometimes it's part of a quid pro quo. Hey, we'll do Hard Knocks if we get this. I'm surprised they're not – I mean, and they can force the Raiders, Washington, the Lions, a couple of other teams – I just make the Raiders do it. They got to move to Las Vegas. Make them do it. Last year in Oakland, John Gruden, Mike Mayock, Mark Davis, Antonio Brown. Yeah. Do it. I, I agree. Do it. Do it. Uh, I'm with you, though. Uh, that, that, to me, would be the one I would want to tune in to most and watch. I mean, yeah, there's so many different storylines with the football team, the move, you know, John Gruden being in the second year. The Giants Ant- also can do it. Yeah. Rather, Ooh, the Giants the, the Raiders? Giants is a good one, too, but I still think I'd go with the Raiders. I do. You know, I think the John, John Gruden factor is real. I think the Antonio Brown factor is real. So I think just between those two players alone and then a guy like Meg Mayock and the Vegas situation, I look at the Raiders and go, damn, I definitely would tune into that every week if if 
if Daniel Jones wasn't an animatronic Ken doll and if Eli Manning wasn't a Muppet without a Muppeteer, that would be very compelling. It's a great, it's a great storyline. They're, they're both flatline personalities. Yeah, right. So that part of it, like neither of it, like with oh, Shermer, like they try who's to, they that try way to too. set up the drama. Oh, what's Daniel Jones going to think of this? And he's just like crickets. <laughs> oh, what's Eli Manning going to think of that? nothing yeah you know so yeah. yeah i want fiery personalities i right. want f-bombs i want antonio brown Derek right. carr i want antonio brown saying dumb stuff and not realizing he's saying dumb stuff yep uh, so you know i i i think that the the raiders yeah, they got three rookie pit you know three well the giants got three first round picks cleveland too, farrell they drafted him for yeah. that leadership that he brings right. josh jacobs yes you know oh, look, he's running through the line and jonathan have, jonathan abrams looks yeah. like a, a great personality you know he's in there filming gruden doing curls last week and having fun with they that should, they should just do, do the Raiders. Gruden does curls. He does curls for the girls. Yeah, he was doing. You didn't see that. He doesn't do much ab work. Uh, well, look at you calling out Gruden. You calling out his belly, huh? I'm just. I just. Know, he can, he's one of those guys that. Can I stand up? You sure. I'll do that. Like when he's on TV, like he almost like wants to like stick it out yeah, a little. Yeah. yeah. yeah just big meal. Gonna do that. All right. All right. Uh, yeah, good sure thing we're not. Actually he's gonna on love TV. you. He already hates me, so we may as well have fun with it. All right, one last one before we go. We both love Odell Beckham Jr. A point that was made by Peter King in Football Morning in America in reference to a report from Mary Kay Cabot of the Cleveland Plain Dealer. Odell yeah. Beckham Jr. has spent all of one day Oof. in Cleveland. He's been with the team 60 days. Right. He's been in Cleveland one day, and it was for that dog and pony show when they started their offseason program. Yeah. Like, hey, look, everybody's here. This is going to be great. And then he right. left, and he never came back. I don't, I don't care what a guy – look uh, – I am constantly conflicted. I know you are. Voluntary workout is voluntary. And I, I'm a firm believer, hey, every NFL player, get up and leave right now. You want to have true leverage over the NFL when it comes to the collective bargaining agreement? Show them the power you have. Get up and march out of your offseason program. Leave now. That would get a major concession right away. On the other hand, new player, new team, kind of a diva attitude. Don't you want to have – part of the shared sacrifice with your teammates don't you want to be there grinding it out with them just make a courtesy appearance once in a while that's yep. what that's where i wrestle with it yeah i i because they're there working i i know it's 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 like i get it's it it's like the, it's like the it's like it's the day you're going to clean the basement right right and all the kids are there but there's the one kid who's the the, the you know the the golden child mm -hmm. who has a dispensation who's not showing up right what are the other kids thinking while the one kid is is uh, you know off doing something other than helping clean the basement i yeah I, I understand that and and again i think in the perfect world yeah if i you know again i would love to see odell beckham jr there a little bit more i i do think he's going to be there once we get to mini camps and you know some otas and things like that to where he's going to get involved uh but you know again it, you said it it's their right first of all okay I I know if I was a player in an Odell Beckham Jr. situations, yes, I would be there. But I play quarterback too, and that's different. And again, I think that's the other thing. You know, we talk about it being a business so much. Well, the business Odell Beckham Jr. has is to get his body in the best possible shape to then be able to perform at his highest level when the 2019 season starts. And I think that's what he's doing, and we have to take him at that. We have never heard any complaints about Odell Beckham Jr.'s work ethic. In fact, we saw it last year. He was released and videos and everything like that. Saquon Barkley went out there and worked out with him. A number of Giants players did. So he has a reputation for it. And I always will preach this once again. Again, there's like three strength coaches on a football team for 90 players. And yes, sometimes the higher level guys who are making more money and can afford their own personal trainers and things like that, uh, they stay away because they get to work out to specifically to what they need to make 
themselves a better player, not have any crossover, you know, exercises, Mike, where sometimes, yeah, Odell Beckham Jr. could be sitting there, Jarvis Landry, they're doing the same exercise that the defensive tackle's doing, and they're going, well, this isn't making me any better. What the hell's the point of me doing this? So, yeah, he is working out for him to make himself better. I know it's not the perfect look for him and a Le'Veon Bell, but I do trust, uh, and they've shown that they're ready to go when it's time to come, got time to play and, and time to perform. All right, we're ready to go. Not right, we could keep going, but you know, we, we, we have to we have to go eat some breakfast and recharge and refuel because yeah. uh, Chris Sims unbuttoned in the PFTPM joint podcast. Joint collaboration. In, uh, 90 minutes. We only have 90, 90 minutes, minutes to get ready for whatever we're going to do. I don't All know right, what we're going to cool. do. What are we going to talk about? We just talked about stuff for two and a half hours. What else are we going to talk well, about? I don't know. You rearranged the whole schedule, so I got to figure it all out now. It's all because of you. I really, you really did make me feel bad. Good. I didn't know you were missing your your kids john f kennedy thing yeah cool man thanks a lot uh, nobody told me that's all right nobody told don't me worry. i didn't think i had to tell anybody we had a schedule already you know so right. it's okay nobody told me it's okay Od- odell beckham jr of radio host hey i'm i'm he- <laughs> I, i've i've been in stamford more this off season than he's been in cleveland so <laughs> you're right you have yeah and this is it though today tomorrow and that's it so you're you won't done? see me again until uh nbc make florio move to connecticut Kill his mic. And him. See you tomorrow. (laughs) See ya.